What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I got the one and only Mike Simmons, and we are talking about the state of the market. Uh, should I sell my house now? Kind of market timing. Should you get started? Is today the right market? Like right now, is it the right market to get started in real estate? And he's got an amazing answer for you, so you're not going to want to miss this one. He even shares what he bought his house for, what he sold his house for, and what his house is worth now in one of the decisions that he made during coronavirus to sell his house into the market thinking that it was gonna crash. So you've gotta hear this one. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What is up, everybody? I am back with the one and only Mike Simmons on today's show. So I think he needs no introduction to you guys. He's been on the show a ton. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be on his a few times. And you guys have seen him every year at Flip Hacking Live since we started it. So uh, Mike, you want to give like a, a quick background on you for anybody who's been living under a rock for the last like six years? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I am uh, an investor in Michigan, mostly wholesaling. I've done a lot of flipping in my time, but I pretty much settled into the wholesaling role. Uh, I've held rentals over uh, various times. And um, yeah, I mean, I've just been, uh, been working with you for the last six years and trying to help educate people and help people grow their business. So that's me. Awesome. Well, hey, today, so specifically today, what I want to talk about is what's kind of on everybody's mind. I've been doing some YouTube videos, uh, different series on the podcast here, our RIA meetups and stuff like that, just about kind of where we are in the market and what are some things that people are thinking about. If uh, I should sell my house now, should I get into flipping? Should I stop flipping? Should I start wholesaling? Should, should I do something different? Should I just invest in the stock market instead? Like all these things that are going through people's heads, right? Um, but specifically, Mike and I have spent a lot of time talking about this ourselves, one-on-one, um, without recording, without the video on, those kind of things. And I remember when the coronavirus happened, we were talking about what's going to happen. Like, what do you think? We, we actually got a call with, on a call, I think it was me, Mike, Andy, McFarlane, uh, Becca Shea, Adam, Ray, Jeremiah Johnson, Terry Berger, and Ty, I think Tyler was on, Tyler Jensen. I think we were all on a call together and we were yeah. like, what, what's going on? Like, what should we do as investors? This like small mastermind group of ours, of like the leaders of Seven yep. Figure Flipping, what, sh- what are we doing? What do we think? And I remember shortly after that, Mike sold his house. He was like, hey, I, I think the market might go down. I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to rent and I'm going to wait this out. And um, it was a conversation that we had, and I, I, I didn't say, don't do that. Like, definitely don't do that. I think it's a horrible idea. It's like, yeah, you might be right, you know? And so I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit, just so you guys can see that um, we don't always make, like, the perfect decision in the moment, but it might have been, looking back, the perfect decision for Mike and his family. So I want to ask you about that a little bit. What's that? Spoiler alert. Sometimes <laughs> we don't make the best decision. <laughs> uh, uh, and um, for me, like we, I want, I hope like some of this gives you guys the understanding that not everybody, like we all don't know what's going to happen, especially in a time where an event happens that you don't expect, that you have no idea that's completely unprecedented, that you can't, you can't determine what's going to be the outcome of all of this stuff. So um, I don't know where we're going to go, but I just want to kind of talk about that. And so, Mike, I'm going to hand the microphone over to you to kind of talk about that decision. We'll start there. How's that sound? Cool. 
Yeah, you're totally right. We had that call. We talked about it. So the, the backstory is I knew that I was going to sell my house in the next 24 months. That, that was already on the horizon for me before Corona hit. It, it was in the plans to sell my house. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to have a conversation about it, but it wasn't like I didn't Corona didn't make me decide to sell my house. It just made me decide to sell it sooner. So when that hit, house prices started soaring and you know you're right people who say they know what's going to happen or they have these really bold predictions and they seem very sure of themselves just be really cautious when you hear someone who thinks they absolutely know what's going to happen because we just don't but uh i i have a podcast also as you said and i was inviting people on who had been in the industry a long time and i was asking everyone's opinion you know selfishly i wanted to know what everyone thought so i could make a good decision and I had people, you know, saying they don't know. And there were definitely a, a few people that were like, yeah, this is going to crash. I think we got about 12 months of this before it'll crash. So I weighed the pros and the cons. I, I talked to you too and said, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And, and I sold it. And, and I'm just going to give the numbers um, because I think it's more relevant when people hear the actual numbers instead of saying, I sold and it was worth more now and less then. It's like, that doesn't mean anything, right? So I bought the house in 2007 for $350,000. That was the purchase price. And this was right as things were starting to slip. It wasn't, certainly wasn't the bottom of the market, but things were starting to slip. The, when I went and saw the house, they were asking $399, okay? Like two or three weeks later, they called us, my realtor called me and said, hey, they, they lowered the price to two fi or $350. Do you want to go back and take another look and think about it? And we said, Yes, definitely. Right. Nobody knew how low things were going to go then either. Right. So we went to look at it. We bought it, lived in it from 2007 uh, all the way up until 2020, I think is when we sold it. And that's when Corona hit and the house prices were going up and up and up. And I ran comps on it. And I said, this house is objectively like not putting any emotion into it. It's worth three twenty nine three. I'm sorry, four twenty nine four thirty. Right in there, like that's that's objectively what I think it's worth. Best case scenario, and we put it on the market. I think in June, and as you know, back then it was like bidding wars and people freaking out. Like people, everybody was wanting to get there. We had people calling us before we had our first open house and begged us to see it and give us an offer before anyone else did. Like, so we're like, okay, so. Anyways, after one weekend of showing it several times and getting tons of offers, we got letters of people who were giving us their background and like pleading to us from like a personal level. We ended up selling it for four fifty. So I made an extra twenty grand over what I anticipated making best case scenario, right? And we had just people throwing money at us. So we ended up selling it for four fifty. We made a hundred thousand dollars. I was like, that was a home run. That was awesome, right? Because before COVID, like earlier in two thousand nineteen, it was worth like two ninety five, maybe three hundred on a good month, right? I'm sorry, maybe four hundred on a good month. So we had about. Forty to fifty thousand dollars of equity in it, to, by my estimation, up into up until Corona, and then we ended up selling it for four fifty. And I was like, that was the greatest move ever. And you're right. the The goal was to move into a rental, something close to my daughter, um, who had just had a, had a baby, and just hang out near her as close as we could until we find some. We'll ride this out. We probably have to ride it out for a year, and everything will be back to normal. Things will drop, and nothing dropped, <laughs> and everything kept going up, and so. 
because I'm a completely impatient person, we ended up looking for another house and bought one at even higher of a market than when we sold our house, right? Um, and and so when I look back now, currently the house that I sold for four fifty is worth five fifty now. So in a year, there's another hundred thousand dollars worth of equity that was that was basically acquired in that house. So had I waited until now I would have made another hundred thousand, right? So it's like hindsight, but I truly thought by the end of 2020, going into 2021, house prices would have definitely been going down by that point. And I and I had a lot of people that I talked to that that thought the same thing. They really did. I took a shot. It could have I could have waited. I would have gotten more for my house at that point. But honestly, I w- this house that I'm in though. Okay, so let's talk new numbers, right? I bought this house in the summer of 2022 for um 675 and now we're in june of 2022 and it's appreciated a hundred thousand dollars so yeah i lost a hundred thousand and what i potentially could have made on my house that i sold but i would have paid another hundred thousand for this house so in that case i think it was it was fine it was sort of a wash in that in that sense so so that's what happened to me i i really thought prices were going to dive and i was going to like buy, uh, sell high, buy low, right? It's everybody's dream. Uh, it didn't really work out that way, but it's just, I just didn't know. Nobody knows for sure. So you gotta take a shot. Yeah. I didn't bring, uh, Mike on the show as you're listening to this to like beat him up about it. Like I, I just, my goal for this was to let you guys all hear the fact that somebody who's flipped, I I don't know how many houses have you flipped and wholesaled in your career? Um, probably over 800 now. Okay. Over 800 houses. Um, that did like thought timing the market would happen. I can uh, take a shot and we don't always, we it just doesn't always work. Right. And, and I bet like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for me, like if you had sold that house and then just bought another one and then rode that equity wave, like instead of renting for a year, now it's probably mm-hmm. what you like, that was timing, right? You would have had even more yeah. equity than the hundred thousand that you built in the house thousand over the past yeah. 12 months. If yeah. you had 24 months, yep. right? So 100%. I think for everybody out there, the only thing that I want you to get from that story, number one, is first of all, uh, I make mistakes, Mike make mistakes. We don't always know what we're, what we're doing, but we're also just, we're putting our own money at risk and we're making our own decisions based on our thoughts. And what I, what I love is that Mike kind of like pulled the audience. He listened to a bunch of other people. He looked at some data. He tried to just make his best decision and, and it was the best decision at the time for him. The other thing that we don't do all the time is we, so when I look back at all the rentals that I've sold over the past, and I hear this all the time, like I, go, I look back at the rental houses that I sold in 2019, 2018, I sold like oh, 10 rental houses. They're worth like $100,000 in equity each, more than what I sold them for, right? So I have, I, there's a ton of more money that I could have had over the past four or five years. But the question really to me becomes, what did I do with that money while those four or five, it didn't just sit in a bank account. It didn't just sit under my mattress. I invested it in something else, my education, yeah. uh, another business, uh, other investments, and they made great returns for me. So yep. if I had, you know, I was able to pull out equity that I wasn't able to tap into before and do something with it. And that's totally like, basically we just look back and say, oh, I didn't do anything with that. That's a whole missed opportunity. Not really. Because ideally, Mike took all this equity out of that house that he sold, rented for a year, and then put that to work somewhere. And so that's what I would recommend for all of you is weigh what's locked up. So that was locked up equity in his house versus where you could put it and what you would do with it. 
And if you don't have anywhere good to put it, then don't unlock the equity. Like it's, it's just, it's a very simple equation. Um, yep. So, and also timing the market, like anybody who times the market, I'll just like, I'll be bold and say they got lucky. Like timing the market yeah. is getting lucky. Like Mike would have looked like a genius had the market crashed and he sold his house and everybody else had held on to it. And every, what we think our house is worth right now is really just a, a paper number that doesn't matter until you sell the inventory that you own. And um, yep. so Mike, what is going to happen in the future? Like, where are we and what, what are you doing next? So everybody else can just I think do we the just opposite. Set the table. Yeah, 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 exactly. This is the Seinfeld episode. Just do the opposite. Um, yeah, I don't know. I will say this too, right? Like I also last year, 2021, sold all my rent all my rentals so i had like 20 21 rentals i sold them all last year right if house prices go up again this year and next year and the year after then yeah maybe it'll look like maybe i did that too soon i mean there was stuff i wanted to do with that money so i would do it anyway but i think for me that here's the deal i don't regret selling my house i don't regret buying the one i bought like to me i would rather make decisions and and like make aggressive mistakes. I would rather, I would rather put my stake in the ground and make a decision and move forward and do something. I think the biggest mistake is people who are constantly waiting for the right environment or the right market or, you know, for something outside of their control to happen before they actually take action. Like I'll, I'll always put my money on the person who looks around makes the best decision possible and moves forward with confidence and, and whatever happens regroups and does it again. Like those are the people who win to me. That's that. I mean, I know you to be the same way, Bill, you maybe didn't sell your house, but you don't wait around for stuff. You make aggressive decisions and you stand by them and you don't whine. If it doesn't work out, you just look at the next, look around the, at the landscape, decide what the next best move is and do it. And, and those are just the people who end up winning. It just is the people who go, well, listen, I don't listen. Mike sold his house. He could have made another hundred thousand in equity. I'm thinking about selling my house. I don't know. I'm going to wait around, see what the market's doing. Like you're going to eventually wait until the market does crash. And then you're going to be bummed because you thought you were going to hit it at the top, man. Just take a shot. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, I like that. I think, uh, and I didn't intentionally wear the shirt for that, but that's it. Like, I really, <laughs> I really do feel like it's, um, like you just got to, you got to make a move. You got to do something. I wrote down, uh, do something. Most people are just doing nothing. They're out there just doing nothing, waiting for something. I remember a guy, so probably like six years ago now, I'm not going to invest anymore. I'm going to stop flipping houses because of the election. I don't know if Trump's going to win or lose. I don't know if Hillary Clinton's going to win, but until this election, I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm done until after the election. It's like the opportunity yep. cost is massive. And I don't, I don't even know if that guy still is just on the sidelines now. Just, I have no idea who he's, who he's waiting to win, you know, <laughs> like yeah. what he was waiting for. But so many people, and, and ultimately that's to the people right now who are like, I don't know if this is the market to start investing in. Like, I, I, I'm interested. I'm just going to learn. I'm going to educate myself and listen to podcasts, but I'm not going to do anything until the market crashes. And then I'll be poised to just jump in. What do you say to those people? Um, I, I say that they're going to, they're probably the kind of person who's going to always find a reason to not start now. There's always, like you said, it's going to be, well, the market's crashing a little bit, but 
you know, the I don't like who's going to be the president or Bitcoin crashed or the stock market's going to affect this. That. Like the it's not the market that they're waiting for. It's themselves. I, I, I think they don't have confidence and they're scared and they're just putting up some reason. You and I both know people who have been through the crash of 08 this recent uprise like they've been in it for 20 years and they've been successful for the last 20 years the 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 real secret in real estate is not to time the market and that and it's not that you can make money or can't make money in certain markets it's consistency and it's just being aware of your market right just knowing where you are it's not the market itself is neither good nor bad ever it's never a good or a bad market i guess unless if you're a seller it could be a seller's market i get that but if you're an investor there is no perfect market there's a way to win in every single market it's just knowing what market cycle you're in and then adjusting your approach or or adjusting your business a little bit to conform or to be conducive to the market that you're in right now. So, you know, I just got off the phone with a wholesaler in my local market. He reached out blindly, texted me somehow, got my number and said, hey, we got these houses and I wanna know if you're interested. Well, I just said I'm a wholesaler, right? I don't typically buy from wholesalers because there's no room to do anything. But in my company, we're, we're changing our model a little bit. And so we're starting to do some stuff where we're buying them and, and selling them on land contract. And we got this whole other thing going. And so we're starting to buy from some of our, the other wholesalers in our market. And he said to me, you know, we're not doing as much buying anymore because in this market, you can't convince someone to take a discount on their house. It just doesn't work in this market. And I'm just like laughing to myself because we wholesale like a hundred deals a year. We're getting, we're finding plenty of people that want to sell their house at a discount, but he doesn't think he can. And that's whatever. I don't care. I'm not going to convince him otherwise. It's not my job, but people really believe that the market dictates their success or failure. And it's really not. It's that book, like, I, I always screw up the name, but it's like, Who Moved My Cheese or whatever. That's it. it. Yeah, okay, Who Moved My Cheese. You just have to know where the cheese is and move to that location. You have to understand what market cycle you're in and adjust accordingly. It, there is no bad market. There's no such thing. When people ask me who don't know me very well or they're just like being polite at a family get-together, they always say, how's the market? And I, my reaction is the same. Every single year, every single time I see them, I go, it's great. It's great. And they'll either go, yeah, I heard that on the news. Or they'll say, wow, that's not what I'm hearing, right? Because the news tells us how we should think. It's always great because I know how to, I know how to adjust to the various markets. And so I'm plugged into a group like ours, like Seven Figure Flipping, where I, I, I talk to investors from all over the country all the time. And so I hear what's happening all over the place. I see things coming a mile away. We all do, right? Because we're plugged in. And as long as I know what's happening in the market, I know how to react. I know how to adjust my approach with sellers and buyers and what to say to them and what they're worried about. So it becomes a more of a marketing and a sales strategy, the, the markets that you're in, than being able to be successful or not. It's, it's an absolute excuse and it's infuriating when I hear people say they're waiting for the market or they're waiting for the new president. Like, come on, man, we all made money under Bush. We all made money under Obama. We all made money under Trump and we're making money under Biden, right? It doesn't matter what your politics are. I know someone who is or was making money under all those regimes. So you can't blame that. Yeah, you wrote, you, you said no perfect market. I wrote that down. And I think there's each, that, that market can dictate a lot of your strategy. So your exit strategy, yeah. your acquisition strategy, it's all supply and demand. So right now, supply's yep. low, demand's high. 
And it's, it'll be interesting to see as supply goes up and if it becomes more easier to get houses like we saw in the past, um, there might be another strategy that it takes to acquire those homes. So I was given a presentation today to our, our RIA here that we started at um, here in Nashville and Spring Hill. And uh, we, we do it virtually as well. And I was talking about like looking back at the acquisition strategies where they went, we had the huge market crash, right? And then you saw short sales, huge people buying at sheriff sales, sheriff auctions, foreclosure auctions, those kind of things, cashier's checks, that kind of stuff. And then we yep. moved where I saw a lot more people then that started to tighten up. So they started going direct to seller a lot more. Uh, they were going direct to seller in the past, but that really spiked. So now it was direct mail and then it became online Google AdWords and then Facebook in like 2017, people run a ton of Facebook ads and things like that. And then, then it went more like cold calling, texting, ringless voicemail, those kind of things to as a new acquisition strategy because the other stuff was starting to slow down for some people. And, and then and now I see it like really tightening up, right, and squeezing even more. And it's becoming more challenged to, to find properties. But all, all it's doing is it's just costing a little bit more to find the property. Like it just costs more money, but there's so much demand that you make it up for on the back end. So... I'll be interesting to see, like, as things change. The other thing that I saw is uh, short-term rentals are becoming really popular because people are not selling those properties. They want to take all that equity, and and, and if they buy, are buying equity, they also want to make some more income on that. So now they're they're taking like keeping more properties for short-term rentals, which could also potentially be a timeline on that, right? And so as the market changes. The cool thing that we have, so th those are all like different strategies as I've been watching this and just and just seeing what happens where the strategy might need to change to, to squeeze as much money out of the properties as possible. And the people that are going to lose are the people that get locked into this is the only way to doing business. This is the way that I, I yeah. understand. This is what I do. I'm not willing to even open my mind up to get curious about the market and, yeah. and how it might be changing. Like you said, who moved the cheese? I, I who moved my cheese. I talked about that a lot over the past week at these meetings because not only do you want to know where the cheese is, but you kind of like want to get over there around the same time the cheese shows up, right? And then you're yeah. just like eating with nobody else there. And that's the kind of concept. Yep. It's always moving and you want to figure out where it is or instead of getting stuck and starving. And that's what people do. But on top of that, like the cool thing about real estate, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're already a believer in real estate as being the way to financial freedom, but like everybody needs a place to live right? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody needs a roof. You need water, food, and a yep. roof. <laughs> it's like, so as supply goes up, the demand doesn't really change. Like we, we are already under housed where we have a housing shortage for the number of people. And we only have more people getting older and, and people having more kids and we're growing population and we're not keeping up. We're, we're pro providing like half of the housing that's needed here in the U S at least. So on top of that, like the demand doesn't really change, but maybe the way that they buy changes. So as supply increases, that's the cool thing about real estate I find is like when we go into recessions and you have Bitcoin and you have stock market and you have all this other stuff, like people could just be like, I'm not investing in the stock market anymore. And they just don't invest there. And so stocks go down and businesses start to change and suffer. Yeah. But you can't say like, I'm not investing in housing. Like if you're not buying it, somebody else is. And it's going to be institutional yeah. investors, Wall Street, all those folks. So there's still a demand, like people need a place to live. And it might turn to renters. It might, it might, you might see short-term rentals and these luxury vacations go up. You might see them go down. Um, there's all these things that are going to happen and, and people moving into different price points of purchase, different price points and rent. So there's lots of strategies. So there's no perfect market, you said, but it's, what's cool is there, there's a, 
there's a perfect strategy that matches up with the market, I think. Like there's a strategy that changes with, as the market changes. And if you could just be tied into that and tuned into that and start thinking and get, I use the word today a lot, curious. Like get curious about what's happening. Mm-hmm. When you see a headline that's out there that said, like one today that I was, I was presenting on from the National Association of Realtors that said, uh, pending sales has dropped by 3.9%. And then it goes on to say, this is like the 12th month in a row that pending sales have dropped and year over year, all this stuff, right? And it's one number. It's like one snapshot of a number there. And instead of saying, oh, pending sales are are dropping like by 4% and they're dropping year over year or month over month. Oh, crap. Like, this is it. It's happening. Sell my house, right? You get curious. You say, huh, pending sales have dropped. I I wonder what the active listings have done. Do we have more listings than we had last month or do we have less? So, yeah. and then I wonder how many closed. I wonder what new construction's doing. I wonder, I wonder what else is happening. Like you get curious and you say, let me go look at the big picture instead of just this one data point that I can tell any story that I want about. Um, right. Let me get curious. And I think that's important yep. for everybody that's listening because everybody's kind of trying to figure out what to do next. Or we're always yeah. like, most, to be perfectly honest, most of the time, it's the people who aren't doing very much or aren't doing a ton that are like freaking out over the headlines and what's next. And the yep. people that are professionals that I'm trying to get all of you to become, they're going, what does this mean for me? Like, let me get, let me get curious. Let me start looking around. Let me ask some people. Let me come up with my best decision. And, and, and then I might make a little shift or a little tweak or, or an adjustment and be nimble. And maybe we have to shift the business model. You said something about shifting your business model. Because I'm assuming it's because of the market and what's happening. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's this, the market and what's happening, but it's also just a little bit of a shift in philosophy. But I, I do want to say the, the best way to know, so from an investor standpoint, right? Not, not a seller, not a, a homeowner who has a house who maybe want to sell, might want to sell now or not, and they're trying to decide what you were saying it plays a lot into that. But from an investor standpoint, you know how, you know, the best way to know, how you need to adjust to win in the current environment that you're in as an investor. The best way to know how to adjust is to be doing something so that you can see what's happening inside of your own business, right? Anecdotally, what the news tells you, like forget about it, right? But it's sort of like that old um, that old metaphor or that old saying, you can't steer a parked car. If you're not investing, it's hard to know how you need to adjust or shift your approach a little bit to be successful in your market. It's the people who are sitting around doing nothing, like you said, they're not doing a lot. And so they're freaking out and they're scared and they don't know what to do. It's like, start, start doing something because what we saw in our business and what we're shifting more to is, you know, we've been doing wholesaling for a long time. We've created this business model where me and my partner don't have to be in the day to day all the time. And that's great. But during COVID there was enough turmoil, right. And turbulence during that time that in the, I'm getting to why we're, we sort of switched our strategy a little bit. That turmoil and that turbulence made us think, do do we want to be all in, pot committed in a strategy that has the, the potential to be so turbulent when something happens in the economy? And so we're still doing a ton of wholesaling. But what we have decided is we also want to have the strategic uh, initiative where we're going to buy houses 
and then land contract them out because we both agreed that we don't want to be landlords. We don't want to be, we don't want to have to fix, you know, leaky faucets and all this stuff. We would rather be a bank where we're just getting a mortgage payment every single month. And the people either, uh, you know, go, they either get long-term financing and, and they finance us out of it and they buy it and that's great. Or they don't and they get out at some point and we just sell it to somebody else. Like, but that, that stream of income is a little bit more predictable and a little bit more of like the steady. And then the wholesaling is the one that can be a little bit volatile. So instead of being a hundred percent wholesaling, we're pushing to be more 50, 50, 50% like uh, land contract, long-term play the bank and 50% wholesaling. That's, so part of it was from COVID. It was from market conditions that sort of we went through this time where we're like, wow, this can happen at any time. And do we want to deal with that? And like, maybe we want to have this thing coming in every single month. And so that's why we made some changes to our approach. But I think there's a real macro way of looking at the market that you're in and not just how you approach it from an overall business standpoint, strategy, like chessboard approach, but also how you're even talking to sellers and buyers, right. To be more successful in the market you're in right now, we're in a, we're in a seller's market, right. And so buyers are coming to us and they're very desperate because they're struggling to find deals on their own. And so they're coming to companies like mine that has, we do a lot of volume and we know that they're desperate to buy, right? Not like eight years ago when we were more desperate to sell, they're desperate to buy and sellers are in the opposite boat. They feel like they have a little bit more leverage <clears throat> because house prices are so high right now. So it just knowing who to talk to and how, when the, when the, when the news starts telling us uh, the housing market's crashing, like whether it's crashing or if it's leveling off, it's it, they can't sell leveling off. That doesn't sell viewers, right? That doesn't make viewers tune in. They're going to say, the market is crashing. Real estate prices are plummeting. And you just, when you're in the seller's appointments, you just go, did you see the news last night? Yes, I did. That's why I called you. Yeah, they're saying my house prices are, are really plummeting, that there's going to be a huge crash. What do you think about that, right? And, and you're not necessarily saying it's true or not true, but you're just bringing it to the attention, what's being said, right? We all don't know. We established that at the beginning. We don't know what's going to happen. But it's just, it depends on you know, you, how you talk to sellers, really, and how you talk to buyers, for that matter. Yeah, you, I, I do want to address the people that are that are kind of not doing anything right now. I don't want you to feel like uh, you're getting crushed and beaten up really bad on this podcast because I kind of feel like that's what we're doing. Um, however, we're not. Like what I want what I want to do is I want to push you to take some action and not wait for the perfect market, not wait for um, you to know everything. Um, I had a gentleman today who's in our runway program was at the RIA meeting and he was like. I don't feel like I know how to estimate rehab costs um, to the point where I can walk into a house and know exactly what it's going to cost to fix it up. I was like, I didn't either when I got started. <laughs> like, I just, I did, made yeah. my best estimate and it, oh, I, I was off by like five or $10,000. Now, if I had said it was going to cost $30,000 to fix it up and it ended up costing 80, then I'd be in big trouble. But like, yeah. I, I'm going to do the best I can. And he has a ton of resources with our um, Seven Figure Academy and the Seven Figure Runway and, and all the stuff with uh, that Tyler's trainings and his his um, spreadsheets and things that I pointed him towards. But for all of you guys out there, like taking action and even like breaking even or making 10,000 when you thought you were going to make 30, like that's like the best thing that you could possibly do. And like Mike said, it, it, there's never a perfect market to, to like, there's, there's not a perfect market to just sit on your butt and wait for. Okay. So like getting involved in any market that we're in right now, just think about, think about the strategy. What, you know, what do I want to do? What, what am I best suited to do? And, and how can I get started? Whether it's wholesaling, it's flipping, it might be a landlord. You want to buy some rentals. It might be uh, short-term rentals, uh, midterm rentals. 
uh, some of the things that we've been talking about. Maybe it's apartment investing. It could be lots of things. Like you don't have to get started as a wholesaler in this business. You can start doing whatever you want to do. You can start as a flipper and become a wholesaler. You can start as a wholesaler and become a flipper. You can start as an apartment investor if you want to. Like it, you can start as a hard money lender if you have some money or yep. have the ability to raise a ton of yep. money. Like there, you can do. But I will say, like real estate is the way. It is the path to financial freedom. And this market or any market is a great time to get started. And that is the totally. purpose of this conversation today. Is not um, that you're sitting on your on your butt. You don't know what you're doing. Get off. It's just like take do something. Like stop. Just, just go, right? And make a decision yep. and stick to it until you get new information. And, and the other piece that I'll, that I'll kind of try to wrap this up with is just don't pay attention to the headlines. Like the headlines should make you curious to go then look at the raw data, look at some other things, ask some people that, that aren't selling you something, that know what they're talking about to see, mm-hmm. see what they think and, 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 then, and then get curious about their thoughts. Like, why do you think that? Like, what makes you feel that way? And ultimately, my goal for all of you is to make you think for yourself. Like, I want to get you to the point where you have enough information, you know where to look, and you can make your own decisions and stick to them. And then, I don't know, maybe one day somebody will invite you on a podcast and talk about one that maybe not your favorite. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. And so, um, I, what, Mike... Like, neither one of us know exactly what's going to happen. However, I will say, um, I'm always wondering if the market's shifting, and I'm always just saying it is because it's always changing. And then I'll say, okay, well, in what's happening, is this true or not true? What I'm reading, is it true or not true? And if it's, if it's not true, what is true? What do I believe to be true? And then how am I going to adjust my decision-making and my business model to, to be able to win in that environment? In all fairness, Bill, I, and I don't, again, you know, we didn't prep for this and like compare notes to make sure we're on the same page. But I, I think no matter what you research when it comes to deciding when to start, right, there's nothing you're going to read that you can convince me now's the wrong time to start. There's nothing at any time ever that you're going to read in the paper or you're going to read of anybody smart. There's no bad time to start. There just isn't. Now, it's important to know like where we are in this carnival ride that we're on, right? Know, know which stop we're at, but there's no bad time to start. And, and consequently, there's no good time to start. It's all the same. Like now's the time. The best time to start your real estate business, you know, that old cliche was 10 years ago. The next best time is right now, right now. There's no reason to not get started right now. And like you said, you make the best decision you can now and then you adjust you adjust along the way that's that's the best thing to do when i started real estate it was 2008 what were they saying about real estate what was everybody with with any microphone in front of them saying they were saying run real estate is like crashing this is the worst real estate market in the history of the world right that's when i started and not only was it a great time for me to start if i could go back i think i could I could dominate the whole world. I didn't know even how great it was for me at the time. I was just blindly in there. And the reality was it was like shooting fish in a barrel. I could get, it wasn't how many houses I wanted to buy at a great price. I mean, it wasn't, could I buy? It was how many do I want to buy, right? It was like so easy to buy houses. It was a little bit more, um, you had to be more strategic when you sold because things were dropping. But, you know, I just, had I known now what I, if I knew then what I know now, I, I could have really crushed right but everyone was telling me it was a bad idea and it wasn't a bad idea and people are probably saying some people that is a bad idea now because we're at the height of the market it's not a bad idea and it was good five years ago it's good now it'd be good in five years 
but you got to get started, man. I mean, here's one way to guarantee failure in real estate. Just don't get started. Just wait. Keep waiting. Keep calculating. Keep thinking. That's the best way to fail if you really want to, right? The, the only way to succeed is to get started. Yeah, I love it. Um, so you might be asking yourself like, okay, well, I'm ready to get started now. What should I do? Um, I highly encourage you guys to check out some of the things that we have available. Um, I, our YouTube channel, Seven Figure Flipping YouTube channel is something I'm putting a lot more time into now. I really am trying to put out some great information there. I'm working really hard on it. And in the link of the show notes of the podcast or in the email that we sent you, we'll put some stuff in there. We have our Seven Figure Academy. We have Flip Hacking Live, which is always an amazing event, but it's once a year. So like you really need something that gives you accountability, gives you long-term support, gives you to, to be surrounded by people that you can get information from on a regular basis. And granted, we're probably not doing a great job of it when we talk about Mike, like getting on a call with a bunch of people that said, yeah, maybe now is a good time to sell your house when maybe it wasn't. But it's like all this information, right, that we get and we determine what, what our decision is. And just like Mike did, he stands by it and he's, it was a great decision for him and his family in the long run. He loves the house that he's in right now. I've heard a lot about it. I can't wait to visit it. It sounds awesome. Like he never would have made that decision probably um, at the time to be in that house, to have all these things happen if he hadn't jumped, you know? And I think you guys have to do the same thing. So our seven-figure altitude group is absolutely amazing. It's open year-round and our runway program is gonna open again here in a month or so. So we've been, we have a plans to open that every quarter and I'm really excited about it. And it gives you, if you're a beginner, it gives you that first step. If you were on the fence about joining us last time we opened it, like get off the fence now and jump into the academy, jump into the runway program when we open it here in a month or so. And I think that's the best place in our world, right? It's the best place to start. But that's education, that's uh, information, that's connection, that's accountability. The action piece is on you. Like you're the one that has to take action, you're the one that has to make those offers, go see the houses, put yourself out there and declare yourself a real estate investor. And um, uh, the, the really cool thing that I've seen is when I made that choice and I started talking about it and this is what I do, I, it doesn't matter where I go now. Like, oh, you're the real estate guy. You're the guy, oh yeah, th you do this, 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 and this, and what else do you do? And it's, it's always comes up in conversation. Everybody that I see, they know what I'm doing, they know who I am, they, they know how I can help. And I get deals that way. And I get private money lenders that way. And it doesn't matter what I do, it comes to me because I'm putting it out there. And I think that's the biggest thing is just decide what your plan is. I, real estate is the way to financial freedom, period. Like it's the number one way, hands down. Everybody needs a house. And you can supply that, you can support it, and you can build a business around it that is amazing, that can operate without you, can do lots of things. So uh, Mike, any like save rounds, closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. I thought of this earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt you because you were speaking so eloquently. The, the one, Probably the biggest mistake that you can make in real estate is trying to do it on an island, trying to do it and just sort of figure things out intuitively, like the whole, I'll just figure it out. I don't need anybody's help. I'll just Google it, whatever. Like probably the biggest mistake you can make. I'm not a research guy. So when Bill's talking about like research this or research that, I don't do that a lot, but I surround myself with smart people and I make sure that I'm in a community of people that are active. So all I have to do is just raise my hand and ask a question and say, hey, I'm this is my like concern or like, what are you guys seeing? And I get all this really good feedback from people that I know and trust and love because they're doing it, they're out there. And some of them are very much, uh, you know, people who look into data and they're, they're analyzing like our friend Terry, right? He's like analyze this stuff. So if I want to know what's going on right now in the market, like I want the latest and greatest, I just call Terry and go, dude, what's happening, right? You don't have to necessarily do it all yourself, but 
if I was trying to do this on an island, I would be making decisions based off of what I just thought was happening. And that's, that's just a huge mistake. I tried that for a while, by the way. I was on an island in my business for about five or six years, and I didn't grow. I was struggling. I was making tons of mistakes, right? I plugged into people that I trust, and, and I know that they're smart, and, and that's how I succeed. Yeah. Um, so go to sevenfigurealtitude.com, the number sevenfigurealtitude.com. You can fill out an application there. And even if you're just getting started, it doesn't matter. Fill one out there. My team will get in touch with you and they can just do a call to see maybe it's maybe it's the YouTube channel and the podcast where you need to be. Maybe it's the Academy. Maybe it's Runway. Maybe it's Altitude. And just fill out that application. It takes maybe two minutes to put it together. And the call is not a sales call. It's really cool. It's like a consultation. They are going to um, give you a survey. They're actually going to show you um, a lot of your traits and characteristics and how you can win um, and just treat it as like a free like coaching call, which is really, really cool. And at the end, you can decide what you want to do. So um, thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a great day. This is something that we're going to continue to talk about. Where are we at in the market? What's happening? What should we do? But just like Mike said, like you got to get started right now. Like it's the most important thing. So thanks, Mike. Thanks, man. And hey, before we go, if you listen to this again, you will probably hear like three or four jabs that Mike and I made uh, to each other that nobody laughed at and you probably didn't even notice. So go listen to it on like halftime speed and you'll find a lot of funny stuff in here. So, all right, Mike, see ya. We need a laugh track or something. <laughs> we do, yeah. <laughs> all right, see ya, bye. Bye. <laughs>